Raven, in a shocking move, the PlayStation Showcase has been met with a lot of criticism. Let's talk about it. And welcome to another edition of the Making Fun Podcast. My name is Casey Johnson. Alongside me, as always, is my lifelong friend, my groomsman, the only man who could speedrun his own wedding, Raven Stab Miller. Raven, how are you, brother? I'm doing pretty well, Casey. You know, had a nice, relaxing week at work. Um, about to start a master's program probably next week. It's all moving very quickly. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I, You know, we went to Florida. That was hijinks ensued. Uh, and let me tell you what, the entire time I was in Florida, I was, it's crazy how you can be somewhere, but be thinking so heavily still just about a PlayStation, um, press conference, <laughs> but that's what I was doing. I was just thinking the entire time, like, man, I cannot wait to see this press conference. And it happened. And it happened. It definitely happened, and I thought it looked pretty interesting. Pretty interesting for sure. I I guess, okay, so today, folks, we're not going to do the usual, like, this is what we've been playing, news, blah, blah, blah. We're just going to be running through this. Um, aside from the fact that we're both on a time crunch, they showed, like, 37 games. Um, yeah. So we have a, quite a bit of analysis to do. Uh, Raven, though, the first question that I want to ask you is, what are your overall and here's here's the beauty thing because your experience with this show was not sullied whatsoever by the internet so I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts on the show were in this vacuum that we simply call your opinion I thought that there was a couple of games in here uh that looked pretty interesting I thought there was a lot of it, like a lot a sequel that was really good I thought I thought the last game that they showed looked amazing a lot of interesting indie games that they showed off my only gripe is that there was a lot of cinematic trailers and reveal trailers and not mm -hmm. a lot of gameplay trailers yeah so it's like I'm looking at a game and I'm like oh that looks neat and then I have no idea what I'm going to be playing right you what know? it actually is exactly but there are a couple of things in here that I'm very excited for that help outweigh the fact that I don't see these negatives. I think that that's definitely fair. And I'm not so I'm I'm just going to give you the reaction from and, and I don't really ever take opportunity to serve the quote unquote vocal minority, as it mm -hmm. were, because people are always going to complain on the Internet. Um, however, within the industry, within journalism, this showcase has not been that well at all. Um, yeah. It's actually considered one of the more disappointing things that PlayStation has ever done. And I cannot wait to discuss this with you because I agree. And mm -hmm. that, okay, that's not to say that this was a bad presentation. By any stretch of the imagination, this was a good presentation. However, with that yeah. being said, there are several glaring holes that make this, you know, like when there's a lot of times where you will hear, you will play a game or you'll see something, and it was like never meant to set the world on fire. And we'll use the phrase a lot, we use this phrase. It was great for what it was. And yeah. 
Um, I think it did everything it needed to. Right, right. Um, I think that this is the rare opposite of that particular scenario. Um, I think this was good in a vacuum, but bad for what it was. Um, sure. Because the Sony has been subtly marketing us in a in a in a very distinct direction recently over the past couple of years and i think the reason that this was i won't go so far as to say a bad presentation i think it was bad in context but the the reason i think this was a disappointing presentation for so many is that what it was or what it was meant to be right was very significant it was mm. positioned as a world setting on fire rover. And that's not just people's hype getting themselves out of the way. This was, it all started with calling it a PlayStation showcase rather than a state of play. Yeah. If this was a state of play, this is the best state of play that they've ever done <laughs> by far. Yeah. yeah but yeah. in the past, since 2020 we've gotten like three playstation showcases and like the first one was when they revealed the ps5 the second one was like heavy on the launch lineup and then the third one which was the last one we got which we haven't had one of these in over a year and a half with actual first party updates um Mm -hmm. was september 2021 and it was spider-man 2 reveal wolverine ragnarok Etc. Um, sure. I think maybe the worldwide reveal for Street Fighter was around. No, that was a state of play. Um, but the PlayStation showcases don't miss, and they always bring heavy thunder. Mm-hmm. And I think the main issue with this one was going into this presentation, the number one thing that I wanted the number one thing that was expected is we need to understand where PlayStation is going. We need to understand what's going on with the first parties. Heck we ran down all of the PlayStation studios and what they're working on last week. Yeah. And I would have expected, even if you're not showing me gameplay, right? Even if you're not even hardly showing me a title card, I would have expected some update from around half of those studios, who, by the way, have been working on something, many of them for three or four years. What in the world is Bend doing? What in the world is Bluepoint doing? And we received virtually no updates from any of that. Then it was downright shocking that Last of Us Factions was not there. What is going on with this game? Yeah. Um, people were expecting Team Asobi. That didn't happen. And it would have been like the perfect time to reveal a Twisted Metal game with the show coming up, um, which we pretty much know is being worked on. But they didn't do that. So it felt first party light and first party was what we wanted out of it. Then the 
things that did get revealed because we we do get you know Haven's game, we do get uh, Bungie's new old old new old game, um, and Firewalk's game, which we're going to be talking about, but having three major first party IP get revealed, and a to know so little about either of the three, and b for them all to be online multiplayer FPSs, I don't think is a good move. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I think that the, or I'm going to, I'll let you finish here in a second, but I think the important thing to consider as well is that that is the genre that Sony is missing, right? They are missing a free-to-play multiplayer first-person shooter game because they just don't really have a good one that is theirs. And we heard that they were going to be working on this. And boy, have we figured out that they are indeed working on this. I mean, yes. I think, though, that the main issue is that there are so many eggs now in this particular basket. Yes. Like, they needed that one thing Revealing three of them in 45 minutes. And not for nothing, they all look distinct from one another, and we'll get to that, but I don't know what any of them are. And we've seen more and more in the last couple of years, it's becoming, particularly with these games-as-a-service games, particularly in the subgenre within games-as-a-service of you know your your FPSs, your battle royales, your team competition games, because not every game as a service is like that at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sports games are games as a service. Assassin's Creed Valhalla was a game with a service. It didn't include PvP, but in that PvP shooting subgenre, it is becoming increasingly increasingly difficult to get people to to buy people's time, and people are not going to be just thrilled to sacrifice their Fortnite time, their Apex time, their Overwatch time. The stuff that they always do, it's very difficult to get somebody to change their routine. Mm-hmm. And I think my main worry uh, coming out of the showcase is I worry because I just feel like but with all of these three games having a window within the next few years or so, I don't. I think they're going to be hard pressed to find the reality wherein all three of them are successful. Mm-hmm. And it makes me worry for the people on the ground floor. It makes me people worry that you know folks are going to be out of work if one of these games is the one that's like all the rage for a few weeks and then people go back if, if none of them truly set the world on fire how much of a leash do these studios have because like firewalk that's former you know bungee devs and like that's this kind of what they do mm-hmm. if say like the the new game from haven doesn't hit like Jade Raymond has no shortage of good ideas. Yeah. 
Um, but I do worry about uh, particularly Firewalk as to what is the future if this doesn't work out for them. And yeah. overall, when I left the presentation, first of all, I left the presentation super happy because of how it ended. But mm -hmm. I also had this nagging like, I am just as in the dark about what the first parties are up to as I was Tuesday. And that's not how you should feel after a presentation like this. Right. You should feel informed. And, oh boy. <laughs> Sometimes we just aren't. And I think that it is a bummer that we have so many unique-looking first-person shooter games because I am worried that they're all going to kind of drown each other out, right? Right. I think that they're going for a strategy of putting multiple on the market one after another to see which one sells the best. Um, and I think that's probably not the best way to do it. But Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, it seems like nearly asinine, the, the approach that they're taking to this. Um, but also, you know, and we just talked about from the Phil Spencer interview with Kind of Funny, right? At what point do you say, no, you're not making that type of game that you actually want to make because mm -hmm. of X, Y, Z. So it's this whole learning process that takes place. But let me tell you what, if it is Thursday morning in the Xbox headquarters, um, you know, presumably where every employee that works at Xbox is in the same building somehow, right? Um. If I'm Phil Spencer, I'm walking through the entire building over to all of my um, developers who are all huddled in the same cubicle. It doesn't work as a hypothetical, but my point is I'm walking around with a gong and I'm saying we've got three weeks. A little yep. over two weeks, maybe, um, till our showcase. And... Anything that you have ready, send to me. We need to have a map. We need to... PlayStation has left the door open for Xbox to answer. And I think that's the biggest issue I have with this presentation, probably, is that we talked about last week, well, this is the opportunity for the PlayStation to just dunk all over Xbox. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like they willingly chose not to do that <laughs> in some ways. Um, yeah. So if I'm Xbox and, you know, two and a half weeks is enough time to make sure that things that weren't going to be in your presentation are. It's not like you only have a couple of weeks. You have a couple or a couple of days. You have a couple of weeks now double-digit days to have teams get stuff ready so that you can really take advantage of the door that has been left open for you. And now that is what I'm super interested in at this point. Yeah. Yep. Fully, so. Fully agree. Let's get it started. Ah. Let's get it started, <laughs> comma. In here. In here. Um, dot, dot, dot. Which, by the way, I found out 
the other day what that song was originally called. Didn't know that. Um, Is it not just called Let's Get It Started? No. Oh. Um, if you would open Discord, I'm going to type the original title. Oh. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I... Alrighty. Let's get it started. Was the clean version. <laughs> you know, I always heard kids in high school make a joke using that word about the song. Yeah, I did not realize they were singing no, that's the just, dirty version. No, that's just. The I song. thought they were. Yeah. Just, I just thought they were being mean. Well. <laughs> All right, let's start running down the games. Now, we open with Haven's new game, of course, from the mind of Jade Raymond, the person who came up with Watch Dogs, the person who was the mastermind behind Assassin's Creed. And it is sort of a competitive heist experience. Um, it almost seems to me like a cross between like Payday and The Division. Uh, no date, yeah. but it's called Fair Games, and the S is a dollar sign. And... For me, in the beginning, I was like, oh, wow, this looks kind of dope. Now, mm -hmm. by the end, it kind of fell in line with the rest of everything that I also, that looks kind of similar but distinct but similar and I don't know anything about. But nevertheless, mm -hmm. I my ears are perked up with this one um, yeah. until it inevitably doesn't have any single player and crushes my dream. I am worried about that inevitability that it has no single player because it, I, we saw what looked like three different teams working together. Right. Yeah. So at worst, at best, I consider it like a single player. Like you could play with four people like co-op thing, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're playing against like a team or two to try and break into a bolt and stop one another. Um, that's kind of the vibe that I got, yeah. but anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, like it's like a, an eat the rich, and you're trying to steal from um, the aristocrats more yep. than than the other team. It would mm -hmm. seem, which you know, it, it makes a lot of sense because it, you know it almost is like a competitive GTA heist, um, sort of spun off into its own game, which is a good idea. I just hope the market's there for it. Up next, Helldivers 2, we get the um, reveal for. This, is, of course, is a long-awaited sequel. And it looks... I'm not as familiar with the original Helldivers, but from what I do know, it looks like they've updated it just to make it like more accessible for people who like don't want to be hardcore about it. Uh, it looks like they've changed the camera... A little bit and uh, they probably tweaked down the difficulty because that's one thing that I remember people saying about Helldivers 2 is that it was incredibly difficult um, 2023 is our date on this I think this would be a fantastic one to release on PS Plus yeah for sure I, I think that my biggest gripe with watching this game is um, all of the animations for the player characters looked really rigid and yeah. it didn't like have a lot of emotion in them uh, and also, I am very worried. I <laughs> was worried about my bitrate watching it because, oh my goodness, it was a lot of special effects flying around in that. Um, yeah. 
which is a bummer because the the worlds they were in were really bland but all the special effects looked good but yeah i think it is going to be a fun you know co-op shooter third person shooter game play with your friends hopefully it's a little bit easier but i think it looks neat i won't play it but like shout out to the people who do <laughs> right immortals of avium is up next now we have seen this before um in uh, various forms i know it um sponsored a few like amazon streams and stuff like that um it looks to me cool i like the idea of people playing with the first person shooter concept and stretching what that genre actually means because this like looked cool and mm. essentially what we what we know being adults right is that they're just like reskinning the fact that you're shooting guns <laughs> you know they're just retexturing it and sending it out but nevertheless when you do something like this with it even though it is you know, if, if you're just looking at polygons, if you're just looking at, you know, the very most basic gameplay, it is an FPS, but it feels different. And I like that kind of experimentation with the mm -hmm. genre. Yeah, for sure. Having having any sort of experimentation and growth in any genre is good, but especially especially first person shooters, which due to the early 2010s is all about like hyper gritty realistic sorts of mm -hmm. uh competitiveness but now we have something that's a little bit more unique and interesting and i really like it yeah i uh, i can definitely see myself giving this a try unfortunately it comes out two days before my wedding so most likely uh not gonna Will be not. a part of the zeitgeist for this one but uh, hey i could pick it up <laughs> later up yeah, next, you always have time. <laughs> we get the reveal for Ghost Runner 2. The only thing I have to say about this is if you haven't played the first Ghost Runner, play it. I'm very I have not played Ghost Runner 1. Dude, I am very excited for Ghost Runner 2. Dude, it is a ravey game. Dude, it yeah. is such a raven game. I watched Ghost Runner 2 after the stiff movement of the other games before this one, and I was like Oh yeah! Now this is what oh I'm. Oh my god, about. dude! That's the whole thing: is fluidity of movement, frequent yeah. save points, entering a room, and like there's three different people, and like one hit and you're dead, and you have to figure out like how to parkour around and actually like slaughter the entire room, and you like die fifty to a hundred times trying to figure it out. But when yeah. you finally do it, you feel like a ninja and take what yeah, you, you learned moving forward. It's almost like a first person in some ways, like roguelike concept in that you just keep having to try and try and try and learn and learn and learn. And yeah, yeah no, it's, it is like I believe it is actually on Game Pass. Um provided that it is, you seriously need to play it yesterday. It's so good. I'm checking Game Pass right now. I was just about to add it to my wish list on Steam. Um I for some reason I half expected to look at my Steam and be like, Yeah, I have this already and I don't. Yeah. So yeah, it's... I'm very excited for Ghost Runner 2. It looks amazing. Super for super pumped to see more about it. If it tells you anything about how good this game is, you know exactly how I feel about like bashing my head against the wall 
with games and just failing and failing and failing. And I put yeah. several hours into this before I got frustrated. In the words of the oh, great wow. Nicolas Cage, that's high praise. All right. <laughs> Speaking of bashing my head against the wall with a game, we got a nice, awesome reveal with no date, unfortunately, for Phantom Blade Zero. Let me tell you what, this looks dope. Yes, Phantom Blade looks amazing. I kept popping off to Emily. I'm like, oh shit, like this looks rad. Um, there's not much to say about it. It looks like it'll be a pretty simple, uh, pretty simple experience, yeah. but one that I am very interested in seeing more about. This to me looks like the type of game where it gets great reviews and I like convince myself I need to play it and then I buy it and then I'm actually not good at games. And yeah. so I end up just like not be, like I net like Sifu, for instance, got such good reviews that I bought it. And then I never made it more than halfway through the first level because I kept dying. I'm like, what am I doing here? This is not my type of game. So I anticipate um, giving the developers money and then spending very little time with it, probably because I find out it's not my type of game. But that speaks well to the game. Gosh, darn it. Yes. Gosh darn it. So Ugh, can't wait to see more about this. Up next, we see this like sea of sand is the only way that I know to put it. And then I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm watching this. I'm like, yo, this reminds me of Journey. And then it pops up mm -hmm. and it's like from the makers of Journey. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Notably, I think the phrasing was from the artist behind Journey. Okay. Uh, because all of the games that they have the art, uh, and, and it could be possible that they're also involved, like, they could call themselves artists instead of developers, because all of the games that they made between Journey, between Abzu, um, are yeah. more artistic and less game-esque in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, Sword... This game looks really cool. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, I was thinking, oh like, this God. looks a lot like Journey journey with half pipes yeah let's go and you're half piping on a sword you're skateboarding on a sword come on guys it's a surf sword come on yeah come on. game looks cool sword of the sea so i have never it does look like journey. it's from the uh, same team it is from the same team cool yeah. awesome even better okay so um Talos Principle 2 is coming in 2023 and uh you know it's a it's a puzzle game which means Casey's out. Yeah. Um Tal Talos Principle 1 is a game I've never played but I've always heard really good things about it being an amazing phenomenal puzzle puzzle game on PC. I've just never gotten around to playing it. Am excited uh to hear more about how good this second sequel is, or the first sequel, the second one is. Yeah. Um, just so you know, by the way, the link that you sent me is missing some, so I'm working from my notes here. Um, yes, yes, I, I, I gathered as much. We're all good. Up next, we get this, like, really art house looking thing, and it goes, like, from the makers of Gree. And that was interesting to Nia because she played Gree and she very much enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And then they proceeded to wreck me. Mm -hmm. uh, the, mm -hmm. the exact phrasing of what I wrote down in my notes is, I came here for Spider-Man not to cry. 
Um, yeah. And it looks like it's going to be a fantastic game, whatever pain it is uh, that indeed it may cause. Uh, we're yep. going to find out about that in 2024. Very excited to see more about it. And then we got the very best transition that I've ever seen in my life. Because it's like, <laughs> everybody's all sniffly, we slowly fade to black, and then Pirate Cat! <laughs> Just boom, cut to Pirate Cat. Cat Quest, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my god, why why did you put these two back together with without you know any kind of transition? By the way, those transitions were stupid and they shouldn't have been there. Oh God, I hated them. I laughed at Emily every time, but I just like looked at her. And at one point I just like got in her face and I just went sacred symbols. <laughs> they compel me. They're so stupid. Anyway, though, uh, I'd like to officially announce that I am committing myself to being a Pirates of the Caribbean speedrunner. Okay, um, awesome. I'm going to dedicate my life to this game. Absolutely, as you should. You know what a game that I'm isn't uh, that I'm not going to dedicate my life to whatsoever. What is that? Foam stars. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> on one hand, on one hand, it's about time somebody tried a a third party Splatoon clone. A hundred percent. I think it's just the main thing that it's a shame is that it's this one. Um, I was watching this trailer. And I'm like, this looks like the type of game that is going to, like, people are going to play it for a couple of weeks and then it's going to die. Mm -hmm. And then they showed gameplay. And I'm not sure it's going to get the couple of weeks. <laughs> I disagree only because of one small sentence or one small phrase. Free to play. I will be playing this at least a little bit. Mm. just because it's free to play it seems like a good time just to be able to like hang out and just like play splatoon it's splatoon's a game i've never played because i don't want to spend 60 dollars for an online game that's fair right uh and i understand that splatoon has a single player thing that is a hundred percent reasonable i totally get that but also Splatoon's story is not worth the $60 that you'd have to pay to buy Splatoon. Yeah. So being able to play Foam Stars, which is a, uh, a, a um, same kind of gameplay. Shameless knockoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just call it Spade a Spade. Um, I think it's cool. Uh, that's the only reason. I'm not like going to sing the praises of this game, but I think that you are correct in that good on somebody for finally tackling the Splatoon genre. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to be the next big thing. I, I think it'll I would, be... I would agree that I would pick it up and play it, um, try it out if it looked um, like good. Um, and I just don't oh. think I just don't think it looks any form of good. Uh, I'm wa I... I'm watching the trailer again right now, and I just mm -hmm. I just don't I just this looks bad. Okay, I thought it looked fine, but also I was watching it on my cell phone, so. Um, yeah, it just just watching the like the fidelity drop <laughs> as soon as they cut to gameplay, and it's like, oh, okay, this is what this is. Shoutouts um, to IGN, real quick. Um, Foam Star is the Persona Splatoon game we've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I understand the Splatoon yeah. part. Where did you get? Where did you get Persona? Uh, anime. I think um, IGN so... just. Yeah, I, I, did they just throw it in for the clicks? Like. Yeah. I don't All right. Know. In any case, I think this game looks neat, and we might see it get better. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'll bully you into playing a couple of games with me. I can be talked into downloading it. I just can't be yeah. talked into excited. Keep keeping it downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Oh, up next, aside from the obvious, Raven might be my game of the show. Yeah. And it is entitled The Plucky Squire. Oh, God. I cannot wait for The Plucky Squire. It, it is. is. And you know what? You know what? This, this gives me vibes of in a lot of ways. Paper Mario. Um, yes, to an extent, but, um, it takes two. Yeah. And the the reason why it sends, it takes two so much for me is because of this mechanic of, you can tell that this one game is several different games, right? Like it exists on the 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 pages there's platforming some aspects of it looks like at some point it's isometric it looks like at some point it's a side scroller like it becomes a dungeon crawler it becomes a platform and then you jump outside and Mm -hmm. it becomes a 3d platformer and that reminds me of um it takes two which i know you still haven't played through all the way because you never take my advice but Every level of It Takes Two is like a different game in and of Mm -hmm. itself. And all of them have distinct styles. All of them have distinct ideas, gameplay mechanics. It's like playing like nine or ten different games. And the Plucky Squire reminds me of that in that it's a constantly evolving experience it's constantly varied um no date but as soon as we get a date i will circle it yes we will we will make a special announcement as part of our news on the podcast coming up as soon as there is a release date it will be its own news segment um it does say on the my nintendo news it does say that it is um coming this year. So hopefully we won't have to All wait right. too much longer. Um, up right. next is Teardown. This game, of course, already exists on PC, uh, but the PS5 version has sort of been built uh, from the ground up in their engine. And uh, this is pure dumb fun, is it not? Yeah. It, it is a game that I was watching and Emily's like, oh, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's just like, it looks like a Lego GTA or something. Yeah. And then we watched more, because I've not seen Teardown before. I realized today that it's a game that's been out for a bit. Yeah. Um, But Emily's like, so are you just like breaking in? And I was like, yeah, like you break in, it looks like you tear down walls and you have full freedom to do kind of whatever you want, which yeah. is awesome. Very excited to see more about this game. Very interested to see how well it performs on PS5. Yeah. Well... Up next, Raven, I'm jealous. Oh? Um, because I'm going to read exactly what you said um, 
with uh <laughs> with regards to this game to me last night last night as mm-hmm. i'm laying in bed right i want you to know that when you messaged me last night like can't wait to hear what you think about this yeah i had just started watching it like 5 minutes before <laughs> Was not expecting a Metal Gear remake, so I am going to play that. Yeah. (laughs) So here's what I have to say in regards to that. God bless you for being off Twitter. Yeah, right? Because this has been leaked for like two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it wonderful that I can be excited about things again? Like You were like, oh my God, the surprise of the show. And I'm like, well... This is actually one of two slam dunks that we knew. I I almost went up and got to the bathroom during this trailer because it was the weirdest trailer I've ever seen. And then you're like, it's wait, like, no, wait, let him cook. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's like the ants and then the frog and then the bird picks it up and then a crocodile. And I'm like, all right. And then I hear in the background the four notes from the horn in Snake Eater. And I go... There's actually no fucking shot in this right now. <laughs> and and you know they did. You know what the funny thing is? We have no idea who's making it. <laughs> Literally, Who cares? Who Jeff Keeley tweeted at them and said, who's mm-hmm. making this? And he did not receive a response. Wow. There was a note from development team that literally just said, from development team. Not even from the development team. It just said from development team. Are they named development team? Who knows? All I know is that it's a triangle now. So this is solid uh, Delta. It's Metal Gear Solid yeah, Delta. Metal Gear Delta. Snake Correct. Eater. Um, and then the, there is a collection. Yeah. Snake looks amazing in this. I'm very excited to play this. I've always wanted to show Emily the... Metal Gear Solid series. Uh, I've only played Metal Gear Solid 4 and a little bit of Metal Gear Solid 1. Mm. So being able to play 1, 2, and 3, and I own 4, so being able to play all four of them uh, is going to be really good. So I'm I'm very excited about this, personally. Up next, we some see trailer and all. <laughs> what appears to be some sort of a uh, market area, perhaps in the Middle East, and I gasped. When I saw a man in a hooded robe. Unfortunately <laughs> for me, it was Final Fantasy 16. So go ahead, Raven. I have no idea what's happening in this game, but I want to play it. <laughs> and it comes out in like three weeks. So I'm not going to play it anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's I've been playing I think I've mentioned this on the show already but in case I haven't I've been playing Final Fantasy 13 with Emily I know yes. I've mentioned that part uh, Emily has mentioned that it's very boring to watch me play Final Fantasy 13 yeah because it's a very boring game to watch because it's a lot about it's a it's like a halfway between a, a real-time action and a turn-based game so I'm inputting actions and then waiting for my character to do it which is uninteresting but playing it's really fun and then it's not like I could even explore in the overworld because there's nowhere really to explore. Mm. Um, but Final Fantasy 16, she was watching. She's like, okay, that actually looks kind of cool because it's just like a traditional, like, actual action RPG instead of being the uh, ATB system that we've seen from right. Square up until this point. Yeah, so. for, for me, I think... Hmm. I think this 
and Street Fighter Six. If you mm-hmm. want to cut down on the fluff a little bit, didn't necessarily need to be there with the fact that they sure. release within a month. Yeah. Um, I think Street Fighter definitely didn't need to be there considering it releases like next week. Um, yeah. We at, the, at, at this point, you're adding like fluff to a show that's already pretty fluffed up. Um, with that being yeah. said, um, I hated this game for spoiling my dreams. However, with yeah. that being said... It de- it did make a lot of sense to me, and I was reflecting on this uh, during the trailer because I certainly wasn't paying attention because it was Final Fantasy, and it's just not my gig. But I said to myself, you know, it makes sense that we're not going to see Assassin's Creed Mirage or anything here because Ubisoft got their own show two weeks from now. Yeah. So, like, why would you give the big reveal to PlayStation? It makes yeah. Sense. Why? Are, why? We we already know it's coming out, but like. Yeah, why would they? Why would this be the place that Ubisoft would choose to show this game? Exactly. So up next, we get Alan Wake Two. Um, certainly looks like Alan Wake. Uh, there's uh, comes out on October seventeenth. Um, this has been there's been a minor kerfuffle online because it is a digital only game. Oh really? Yeah, there will not be a physical edition, but it is sixty dollars or fifty on PC, which is a choice. Um, interesting yeah you'd think it would be the other way around very uh, weird but nevertheless for the alan wake people this had to be like transcendent yeah like all 12 of them this game this is very (laughs) exciting uh i thought it looked good i am not a horror guy um i think that the graphically it looks really good and i'm sure that it'll be a good game for the people who want to play it and then we hear shing and Raven, after the we, disappointment we watch, we, <laughs> that had we watch happened, Alan Wake two fade to black. Right, we hear shing. the the markable shing, and a light opens up in case. Oh my god! Fell. After there the is disappointment a light from of five the heavens, minutes, five minutes before you broke my heart, yeah. I and then yelped like a dog that you just stepped on my tail. Yeah. And from the heavens, we see Basim, and then he tries to kill us because he's an assassin. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, baby! Oh, my God, dude. Every second of this looked so good. Every single... Sorry, I had to get up and walk off some of my energy because I'm so excited for this game. (laughs) Every single second looked amazing. It looked like I was watching Brotherhood or Revelations in real time. Yes. Like watching it in a new engine. And I was, and Emily's like, oh, do you think he has the hook blade? And I'm like, nah. no. Which is a bummer. No, they're not going to do that. But, but like, <laughs> it looks so, so good. And, you know, here's the thing is that I know for a fact they chose the precise 45 seconds of gameplay that are going to give us the most nostalgia. But guess what? I'm a sucker and I pre ordered uh, the collector's edition. <laughs> I I I ordered the collector's edition during the um, Revenant Hill trailer that came right after this. <laughs> what all comes in the uh, in the collector's edition? This oh well, I would sure love to pull it up, and and I know it's um, a statue of Boston. Naturally, um, as as they tend to be now for Assassin's Creed games. 
But also, I think the statues are cool. Like, not everybody's into them, and that's fine. But if that's, like, the thing in the collector's edition, it's I worthy. Think that's fine. It's worthy. Yeah. Um, so it's a collector's case bundle with a dope-looking steelbook, um, a map, uh, art book soundtrack. Um, it's a really dope collector's case. It's um, as collector's cases... As collector's editions go, it's pretty um it's pretty tame, but it's mm-hmm. also and I say only, but it's only a hundred and fifty dollar collector's edition. So it's not like, you know, the two hundred and fifty dollar ones that exist for a lot of games. Yeah. Um so it is God of War Horizon. Yeah. Um also there is a DLC pack inspired by Prince of Persia. <laughs> Which I think it, is so. cool. You think you think that they originally made it because they thought Prince of Persia would be out by now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I do. I, in I general, do. in general, having a uh, deluxe edition of the game, soundtrack, steelbook, figure, map of Baghdad at the time, and a couple of other neat little trinkets, and an already digital edition of the art book and the soundtrack, I think this is like a good deal. Oh, the, yeah. Rarely do we see like... I think Ubisoft is like one of the few that actually does a pretty good job of getting, um, yeah, like collector's editions, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, up next, we do have Revenant Hill. Uh, it's from the folks who made Night in the Woods. It's sort of a spiritual sequel to it. Um, no date on it. I did not play Night in the Woods, but this looked cute. Mm-hmm. I, I figured it was from the same folks, didn't say anything about it, but it looks cute. Emily is very, this is the game that she is most excited about out of the entire direct. <laughs> Up next, we got Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Um, mm-hmm. Raven, I expelled whatever was in this trailer from my memory like so fast. Yeah. All I wrote um, down was that there was no date and that it looked like an anime game. I do not remember this. That's pretty much the extent of it. Uh, <laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy is a genre that's had a couple of different games. Most notably, recently, it was Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, um, which has a lot of the characters that we saw in here, but in a fighting game, fighting one another. This mm. one looks like you're playing with the characters, fighting against like monsters and stuff. I don't, I don't know exactly what it's going to be like. It doesn't seem MMOE. It doesn't seem it doesn't really seem a hundred percent monster huntery. So I wonder if it's just like, like a traditional RPG, like a single player RPG, but game looks good. Yeah. Or game looks graphically. I think it looks appealing. Up next street fighter six. I I don't think we need to say much about that. Um, you know, it happened. It was a cool looking trailer. It comes out like next week. Uh, up next was Ultros. Uh, is this trippy looking Vania platformer melee type of genre uh-huh. bending? Uh, it looks like the type of thing that Raven would see and be like, "Ooh." Uh, that is exactly what I did. I went, "Ooh," <laughs> and then I watched a little bit more of it because at first I was like, "Okay, this looks like a Metroidvania kind of game." It looks the art style looks interesting. I like the use of colors in this game, and then I watched it play, and I was just like, "Eh, it's okay." And then the character did what looked like completed the game and then started over. And I said, oh, (laughs) so 
the movement doesn't look anything fancy, but I will probably keep an eye, keep my eye open for this one because I am a sucker for little little Metroidvanias. Put it in my veins. Well, it comes out 2024, so I imagine we will have more info sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Up next was a game called Tower of Fantasy. This game was nicknamed Hentai Game by the Disc Replay group chat, and that's before we knew the fact that it was uh, called Tower of Fantasy, um, mm-hmm. which only made the joke better. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, there's yeah, not a lot going on here. <laughs> uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, I know a lot Ooh. of people are freaking Ooh. out about this. I'm just not. Yeah. You're yeah, free. Let's go Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's all. That's all I got. Uh, I think it's very cool to see a Dragon's Dogma too. Uh, everybody, I'm, I am one of the people that's kind of surprised because they just had like a Dragon's Dogma specific trailer mm-hmm. or like they had their anniversary recently and everybody was expecting an announcement like this to be there. But having it here instead feels odd. But uh a welcome surprise for sure. Up next, yet another FNAF game. We have got Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2. This will be a VR game, and that sort of kicked off the VR section of the show. Resident yep. Evil 4 VR. Uh, I don't think this is necessarily a surprise to anybody, uh, considering VR and Resident Evil have been linked quite a bit in recent years, but mm-hmm. this is. Um... Which, by the way, is so messed up. Yeah, who wants to be scared in VR? Like, I don't want to be scared normally. Well, but imagine Emily's like, "Why would you ever do that?" And I'm just like, "I wouldn't." Well, as soon as I this popped imagine. up, my buddy Noah sent to the uh, the disc replay group chat, "Am I about to drop six hundred dollars?" Um, so him, he wants that. Um, <laughs> he wants that very badly. Yeah. Um. Up next is uh, weird, Arizona weird, Sunshine weird, weird, weird. 2. Uh, I just want to say shout outs and rest in peace to my boy Fred. Um, this looks like a fake game. Yes. This looks like like there's a, a movie and like the the troubled son is obsessed with video games and like this is the fake video game that he's interested in in that movie. Yeah, 100%. It feels weird. I think the comedy is fairly on point. I kind of was digging it. Um, but overall, I kind of checked out for 99% of the VR games. And like, I mean yeah. like 99. We'll get to the one that I did not check out of because I just don't think that... I think VR is an interesting space in like three years. I think it's in. It's still trying to get its footing now. But in a couple of years, we'll see a lot more like really interesting applications in VR. Yeah. The uh, my big moment in this particular trailer was he was like, "Until I met Fred," and I was like, "Oh, Fred looks nice." Oh no, Fred! Yeah, <laughs> I Fred! said those words out loud <laughs> to Nia. Um, Crossfire Sierra Squad looks solid. I think these are the type of experiences that are like quote unquote real games. Um, that are in especially the extremely popular first person shooter genre. Uh, I think this is the, like the type of thing that people are going to conventional casual gamers are going to look for when they get their first VR. So I'm glad that they're um, putting this there. And then Synapse mm-hmm. looked really cool. Synapse is the game that I'm very, very excited for. Yeah. 
I think that this game looks really cool. At first, I was like, eh, it's like a kind of like a stealth thing, which I also think would be an interesting way. But like the graphic style didn't like impress me all that much. And then they went into like the brain area of yeah. Synapse. And I was like, yeah, no, this is this is 100%. This is the game that I would buy, that I would play nonstop if I ever got PS2 VR, which I still don't think I'm going to because it's a very hefty yeah. uh, thing to have to buy. It almost looks like... Um almost like a super hot combined with almost like a control super hot exactly that's exactly the vibes that i was getting uh then of course we get beat saber out today about time um then we get our second of the three new ips that are revealed and nobody has any idea what they're uh what they're about uh, Marathon. This is Bungie's mm-hmm. new slash old game. Uh, it's set in the universe and the world of their 1994 game Marathon, um, but it is something new and distinct from its predecessor as well. Um, it's crazy because Marathon has always sort of been had this like cult following as it was Halo before Halo, and now yeah. Halo before Halo is Halo after Halo. Yeah, exactly. I think that Marathon, I would, I saw Marathon, saw the name. I did not know that Marathon had a game before. Uh, So I'm going into this a little bit blind, but I was looking at this and I was kind of like, you know, I would really like this to be what the name suggests and you are trying to escape something and it turns into like a speed run game Mm. or a speed game of some assortment that you are just trying to get out of wherever this is and you're having to outrun these robots kind of thing right or you are a robot trying to get through like a maze or something i think that would be really interesting and obviously you pick up upgrades and stuff at certain checkpoints and whatnot um but yeah i I think that would be cool but i'm sure it's going to be a shooter of some assortment and that is fine right it's what you would expect from bungie right so it's not like uh but yeah they actually released four different uh marathon games and they are um sort of doom-esque FPSs. Um, Very cool. Then we get Destiny 2, the final shape. And Mm -hmm. there's this dude, and he's back, and I gather that's a big deal. Uh, Again, my my buddy Noah, jazzed. Yes. They killed killed this guy, like, two or three years ago, like, on screen very blatantly, and he's back Mm. somehow. Or no. It wasn't on screen. You listen to hollow, like you listen to logs and stuff, I think. Okay. I don't know. It's been like, it's been a while since I've played, but all signs pointed to him being dead, dead. Never. Apparently he hasn't been. And apparently he's played by like Nathan Fillion. Correct. And then another one of the characters in that like same group was placed, uh, played by Lance Reddick. So everybody's assuming that that character is also dead now, which is a a bummer. Kind of. Kind of has to be, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Up next, we got stylistically probably my favorite of the new uh, FPS looking games. It's like 80s or 70s chic. It's called Concord. It's from Firewalk's new game. Um, and here's the, th- the funny thing is that like all of these fall into the same group and they're so distinct but mm-hmm. they all fall into the same group, and I'm having trouble telling them apart, even though they're so distinct. Mm-hmm. All I got whenever I watched the Concord trailer uh, was just, like, Guardian vibes. I just yeah, thought Guard- the Fire Guardian, Walk was Stranger another... Things. 
Yeah. Which, fine. I think the graphic, like the art, like the actual trailer looks good. But this isn't anything. This is just saying that there's a game called Concord that's coming out and it's made by Firewalk, which is enough sometimes, but I don't think so. Yeah. And space is like the least interesting thing that you can do, really. Yeah. In most applications. Obviously, it's done well oftentimes, but... Mm-hmm. Up next, we get a new trailer for the Gran Turismo movie, which I am so gonna go see. Um, yeah. I think this I thought game this was a game really at first, good. and Emily kept going, "Why is Orlando Bloom in this game?" Just nonstop. Just why is Orlando <laughs> Bloom in this game? And we saw based on a true story, real film, and we're like, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, that's why Orlando Bloom is here. <laughs> <laughs> and David Harbor. Um, yeah, Harbor. Uh, that's his name. Up next, we get a couple of really random announcements. <laughs> um, first, we have Project Q, which is a remote screen with full DualSense functionality. Um, this is going to be great for some people. I might be some people. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Being able uh, to stream my PS5 games while I'm on the road is not disadvantageous to me. Uh, uh, wait. Yeah, you have to be on the same Wi-Fi. Oh, As your PlayStation Wi-Fi? console. Same Wi-Fi. Because it's through remote play. And I don't believe that you can remote play from your phone at like a different area. I think you have to be on the same Wi-Fi. I'm going to double check that. Um, but they specifically said something about streaming to this console from your home internet or something. Oh, never mind. I am wrong. I am wrong. Okay. You can't play it on any network. Okay. That, because I've been going into this thinking that this product sucks because you had to be on the same Wi Fi. Right, right, right. Uh, so it's like a little bit better. Yeah. I, I don't know. This may be something that I end up picking up depending on the price point because it it serves an actual need in my life. Um, yeah. So, so we'll see. Uh, up next, we get the Sony earbuds. The only thing that I wrote down is I already hate myself for owning them. <laughs> oh, no, he can't hear us. He has the Sony buds in. <laughs> oh, my God. Not the PS buds. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Then we f- get one more game. One more game. We already were told this. And we've got this dude walking through a forest. And I'm like, if they some if they don't show Spider-Man. Like, this has already been somewhat of a lackluster show. If they don't show Spider-Man, if this is Last of Us, because Last of Us factions and Spider-Man were like the two slam dunks, and then Metal Gear Solid got leaked, so we knew about that. But if this isn't... And then it was Spider-Man. I'm so happy. I (laughs) Oh, my God. There, There wasn't one second of this that looked bad to me. No, I, oh I think that God. every part of this looked exactly like it needed to be. I'm I'm going to read you exactly what I wrote. Um, as it's just a letter A I written was, a bunch it, of times. Pretty much, it's I. I said, "OMG, it looks so good! I'm blown away. How did they improve on perfect traversal? The story looks so good. I love the slow burn of Peter's anger issues. Craven looks great, unlike the movie, which scares me. Lizard is scary. You switch back and forth. I need it now. Also, too much. Screw you." Because I heard heard some people be like, the Spider-Man section was too long. I hate you. How about that? 
this is their big game of the year. Like, of course, they're going to do this much time on it, you know? Also, this is what we used to get. We used to get uh-huh. gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. Ugh. Oh, I love this. I love this. I Now, confirmed, we've got Black Cat, Prowler, Wraith, who is Yuri Watanabe, uh, Tombstone, and Taskmaster, plus it listed all of the supervillains who are currently in prison in the raft as well, um, which yeah. they very well could break out. Um, yeah. So we've Again. already got this. <laughs> yeah, we've already got a stacked roster. For sure. I think that I loved Yuri Lowenthal's depiction of um, Venom. Yeah. And uh, I'm scared, and I... I don't like Peter. I think Peter's being mean and I don't like it. I don't like Symbiote Peter. I love Yuri Lowenthal playing Symbiote Peter, but I don't like Symbiote Peter. Yeah. He's it's supposed definitely, to be a good guy. And it, you know, it may and when you messaged me and you were like, I don't like mean Peter, I I thought you were like literally talking about the look of the black suit, which I have some pe- seen some people criticize. Um sure. but so I was like, do you not like the black suit? Or do you he's like, no, I just want him to be nice again. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, so you're just following the plot. Got it. Yeah. No, it's uh, I, I am 100 percent like falling into it. And, and and that's why I messaged you after. I was like, it's working and I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the suit looks good. There are some like spots around the shoulders in particular that look a little bit odd to me. I would like to see cleared up a little bit, mm-hmm. but um the, but also not having it be a suit texture and having it be like a like a goo slimy ish yeah. like a goo yeah is important because that's what it is right right um yeah no i mean this my personal prediction for this is that there is going to because you know the story kind of happens the same way every time since the 90s which is you know the the symbiote gets on him and then it kind of like starts to change him in a way that he doesn't like so eventually he like brings himself back from the brink i think this story is going to be like miles bringing him back from the brink yeah and 100%. i think in that process I don't want to speak this hardly because, oh my God, would it make my day? Mm-hmm. But I think we may end up getting some sort of a fight where you're Miles and you've got to like fight Peter. Yeah. To get that suit off of him. Yeah, I think so. And I think, and I, I, I'm going to stay, say this and I am, I will not stutter when I say it. Because I mean this. That could be one of the best boss fights in the history of games. I think it would be... I saw somebody mention that they think it'd be really cool to, to like, swap back and forth between Miles and Peter as you're in that fight. Mm, and yeah. I think that would be so cool to be able to play both sides of that fight. Yeah, Because there are very, very, very few instances where that would work, and I think this is one of them. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, did not get a release date, I believe. I might be correct. I might be correct. Just just fall, which was kind of a like a, uh, 
at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like it kind of left a slight bad taste in my mouth, but then I just rewound. <laughs> and I watched and you're it like, again. Ah. I'm good to go. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait for this game. My big worry is when is it going to come out in relation um, to Mirage? Because yeah. both of those games being right there together, um, I foresee issues. Yes. I, I foresee there being choice paralysis for a little bit for you. Yeah. My my allegiance is very clear, and I think if Emily, wa- I think Emily uh, would want to watch me play Spider Man first. Yeah. Uh, also, just between us, I'm gonna wait until Black Friday to pick up Assassin's Creed mm. because I picked up Origins directly after, uh, like the the Black Friday after it came out, so like two like a month and a half later, and yeah. I got it for twenty bucks. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair for sure. And so Spider Man, on the other hand, will not drop that low, so I'll probably be paying full full price for Spider Man too. Just a quick shout out to Xbox, who immediately tweeted the best graphic I've ever seen afterwards, which was, it just says, coming to Xbox, and it had the 12 games that are coming to Xbox from the showcase. (laughs) So it just, coming to Xbox, Immortals of Avium, uh, Ghost Runner 2, Marathon. Yeah. Marathon coming to Xbox. Uh, Metal yep. Gear Solid, Dragon Do- Dragon's Dogma, Alan Wake 2, Plucky Squire, Teardown, Mirage, Neva, Cat Quest, and Talos Principle all coming to Xbox. I think my favorite part is the is the words the tweet uses, which is what a good looking group. Yeah. I think that's great. I think I think a little bit of friendly banter is good, and I think Xbox is uh, the perfect yeah. brand to have a little bit of friendly banter. Yeah, with. this like to me, and I, I I said this to my buddy Kyle at work today. This reminds me of like when you're watching like football, and like the whistle blows, and after the play, guys are still like pushing each other around, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's getting chippy. <laughs> yes, this is about to get good. Hmm. And that's what that tweet reminded me of. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Ugh. So yeah, I overall, I thought this presentation was good, but I can see why people didn't think it was good. Because in addition to me being very excited for a lot of the games coming out here independently, I also went into this thinking it was a state of play. Every time I've talked about it or thought about it, I've considered it a state of play. I had not considered it anything more than that, even though I should have, because if this was an E3 presentation, I'd be going like, well, that was like, okay. And then you ended off with your system seller, which you know is going to sell a bajillion copies. Right. So. And that that's the thing, is right now they're in a position of power to be able mm. to do stuff like that. You know, they've, yeah. they, they've got the, the bandwidth to sort of play with it. I just wish I knew more about what some of the studios were doing. And, you know, I I don't like to complain about things unless I have a plan for sort of how to fix it. And mm-hmm. to me, I feel like if you plan for this a little bit better, which who knows what's happening behind the scenes, obviously, but we're armchair quarterbacks. This is how we do this. Obviously, mm-hmm. This is just the way that, you know, the nature of the game. But if you give us Last of Us factions, even just like a cinematic of twisted metal of like, even if it's just 
clown hair, you hear the chainsaw, and then like you get the twisted metal logo. Logo. And then even just a little graphic that's like and these teams, Blue Point, Team Asobi, like all of these people are working on things to be announced soon or whatever. Mm-hmm. That just that simple and you can do that by the way in the time that it would have taken to cut say Street Fighter and Final Fantasy like using that found time there you could sort of make what i just threw out there happen and it mm-hmm. would i think just those three things would have taken this from say a 6 out of 10 to maybe an 8 out of 10 yeah which I think it's fairly obvious now that they didn't have 10 out of 10 ammunition, so I'm not faulting them for that. But I don't think this is the best version of how they could have played the cards that they do have. I've heard a lot of people saying, well, they're going to wait until September, which is outbreak day, to announce The Last of Us Factions. And I'm like, well, that's dumb. Don't. Yeah. If, if that's what you're doing and that's why you're doing it, then you're bad at this. Like, <laughs> but... Overall, you know, I left pleased. There's plenty of things like Plucky Squire, etc. that I'm like super excited for. And I pretty much got, you know, my fall squared away um, Mm -hmm. in this presentation. So overall, like I said, I would probably put it, you know, right in that middling range of about six to six and a half um, out of out of ten. Which is, you know, perfectly serviceable, but I kind of wish I could have gotten just a touch more. Yeah, and I would put it at like a seven and a half or an eight for myself. I, like I said, there was a lot of individual titles here that I'm very excited for, and I'm very excited to see more about it. Yeah, um, and that has me hyped enough. I have plenty of games on this list that I will be playing or watching. I don't think I'm going to buy Street Fighter Six, but I will probably be watching a lot of people play it. Yeah, and that's what's important to me. So. Also, All right, thank you. Next? I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, d- I didn't realize that they even had Blackbone for Android yet. Uh, back. Uh, so I sent Casey a link. I was looking into Project Q on the side while we were talking, and somebody mentioned I was like looking at relative prices, and people are thinking it's going to be somewhere between two and three hundred dollars. Uh, mm. for the um, Project Q, the remote play machine from Sony. And so I was like looking and somebody's like, yeah, it's like, why would they reveal this? We just had the backbone edition for Android for PlayStation just come out. Like this is just, this is very new. So I figured I'd send it your way in case yeah, you were interested yeah, no, in it for at sure. all. I think, and the the thing that we have to realize about that too is, and Greg Miller brought this up on the, the kind of funny post show, but he said he's been doing a lot of like remote play with his steam deck and yeah. it works a lot better for him from his Steam Deck sometimes than his phone. So there yeah. perhaps is something to be said about like system architecture and how good the remote play is. Something that they're yeah. making specifically for PlayStation games may be a little bit better in terms of how it runs. So that's yeah. you know that's something that could end up being a uh, factor. I think, and th- this is this is my conspiracy theory but and I even said this on last week's show with the caveat that the Activision deal can go through as long as 
they make like it available on other cloud gaming services. I think this project, although it's obviously been in development before, but I think that this project is PlayStation also starting to nudge themselves in the cloud gaming direction. Sure. So that they can ensure that they have Activision Blizzard games. Because as long as they are a competitive a competitor in the cloud gaming market, then that actually is more of an issue than like, oh dear, you got to put it on Amazon Luna, like we talked about last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had one of those, <sighs> I called it yeah. moments, because I sort of see it coming to fruition. But mm-hmm. nevertheless... We barely went over an an hour. We did pretty well. I'm proud of us. We both it's it's we didn't spend 30 minutes talking at the top of the show. I have somewhere I have to have my house clean in like 20 minutes. You have somewhere to be in like an hour. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I think we made good time. Yeah, for sure. Let the people us. know where uh, where they can find us, buddy. They can find both of us on, at Making Fun Pod on technically Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or no, Twitter and Facebook. Um, I've said one word and it threw off my entire cadence. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, they can find you, Casey, over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Casey on the Drums, and they can find me, uh, Raven at R A V N Stad Miller on Twitter. Uh, not really. That's the only social media I really have that I'm advertising at this point. But even then, I'm not on there very often. You can find our podcast and listen to it with your ear holes wherever you listen to podcasts at. If you're listening to it with your ear holes now, hey, congratulations. Uh, consider subscribing to the podcast doesn't cost you anything but it makes us feel good because numbers big number means feel good Mm. uh fun fact this week i looked up a fun fact through a fun fact generator about wow you planned i planned i i did it at the top of the show while uh while you were talking and getting us introduced and everything uh the fun fact of the day is that the oldest 20-sided die was uncovered in egypt and dates back to around 30 bce which is cool that I like to imagine a bunch of Egyptian folks playing Dungeons and Dragons, not like their version of it, but yeah. like current Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, just somehow it all came full circle. But yeah, it's neat to see how games evolve and kind of what similar designs and shapes we end up on. Okay, gotta love cool. that dodecahedron, dog. Well, I'm really happy about that. Mm-hmm. Raven, thank you so much for joining me, and I cannot wait. We're getting into the busy season now, getting into mm-hmm. the busy season, and I, I, I absolutely cannot wait to run down all of it here with you. And thank you so much for listening, for the listener. Like I said, we're getting into the busy season, so... Do count on more episodes coming soon, particularly throughout Summer Game uh, Fest and before I get married and go on my honeymoon. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, less than 60 days away now. So we're Mm -hmm. we're cooking. We're cooking. Well, until next time, my friends, we will see you and go out and brighten someone's day. Bye bye.